Uh, hi everyone, welcome to week two of NWSL. It's another episode of Two Drunk Fans. Gabby, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm still drinking Sam Adams. Um, it's been a rather busy week for me, so I haven't had a chance to finish off that six-pack from last week. Oh. What are you working on, buddy? I am drinking a Widmer Brothers Hef, courtesy of Megan Linenham. Uh, Linenham? She... Yeah, that's her name. Linenham. I feel like I don't know this person. Megan Linenham, professional reporter. She just, oh, right, right, right. Sweater yeah, glasses. Yeah, we might hear we might hear from sweater glasses later on this podcast, even. Oh. Right. You've got something special lined up. Yeah. She brought a the, little something, something. She brought the Widmer brothers to the Armada's first tailgate at the Breakers home opener. So you guys were going for Portland at the Breakers home opener? No. You were drinking Portland beer. We we were drinking Portland, uh, Pennsylvania, and Boston beer because we had Sam, Yingling, and Widmer brothers. That's a good combo. Yeah, it was a pretty good combo. We had burgers and hot dogs, and we had some signage, and nice people came out. Some Midnight Riders joined us from the uh, New England Revolution, and it was it was a nice time. Hey, was... you, you, guys, you guys have a thing coming up with them, right? The Riders? Yeah, on May 18th, the Armada are, are going to do this joint event with the Riders. Where, so the Riders going to have their own meetup previous to the game, but then they're all going to walk over to the stadium together. They're going to come to the Armada tailgate. And then we're all going to go into the stadium and sit together in our section at Harvard. And, yeah, I'm really excited for it. Sweet. I'm excited for you. That's a that's a good connection to have. I think it is. Um, I A couple years ago, I might have been like, well, I don't really want – I want us to be independent. I don't want to have to rely on anybody else's identity. But now seeing up close, like, how small supporter groups need need the support to grow, I'll, you know – we got to partner up with, with, with anybody we can, you know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I completely, I completely understand that. It's a, it's, it's a hard life to be a women's soccer supporter. So we want to make all the friends that we can make. Yeah. And these guys are, they're willing, they're friendly. They've been there. They have resources that we don't, they have contacts. We don't, they have experience that we don't. So why, why not be friends? You know, I'm, I fully support you guys. Yeah. Um, NWSL Week 2. Let's just get the breakers out of the way, okay? Last time we saved it for last... Everybody else seems to be. Because, oh. (laughs) I wish I could fly through this mic and just, like, just, like, punch you in the face. (laughs) Uh, That'll be my only low blow. Yeah, okay. Um, I promise. It will be. Look, I was at the game. I, I lost my voice a little bit yelling at the ref because... I don't, I don't know. People watching on stream didn't seem to have as much of a problem with him as I did, but this ref was like, he was, he, he was, he was like, like a mythical ball of shit that comes out of an airplane that they dump, you know? The, the, the blue stuff? Yeah, that. The blue stuff that killed somebody in that one episode of Six Feet Under, and that's the only time I've ever heard of the stuff yeah. that comes out of airplanes. He was a flaming ball of shit coming from the sky to wreck our day. Yes. I just liked him strongly, and I told him so. In no uncertain terms. Next time you should hand him legal paperwork. Our, just being like, our de- this is a but you notarized know what? document. But you know what? You suck. The, the Breakers defense didn't do us any favors either, right? Yeah. Courtney Jones, now two for two. She was instrumental in that penalty kick that we gave up. And on that goal that Alyssa Nair, like, she had to stretch to save. It was a great save. And she fucking watched that ball go right in. Now, I've heard... Some people have said so. Currently, Courtney Jones is wearing a mask. Um, and some people, 
think that the mask really is impacting her vision. But if the mask is impacting her vision that badly, she shouldn't play. Don't play her. She shouldn't play. Um, right. And it really sucks if we don't really have anybody else we can squeeze in there, except for maybe Kale and Kyle. Although at this point, I'm like, maybe we should just get Why isn't Kyle playing? She was actually pretty good in the back for Seattle last year. Kale and Kyle is not a defender. She's a midfielder. I know, but she was pretty good in the back for Seattle last year. She's an emergency defender for Seattle, though. We don't don't have any other options for for central defense. Right. Caitlin Kyle. Caitlin. Caitlin Kyle. In Canada, you put a T in it. That's false. Anyway, in Canada, yeah, they apparently... Do, they do things weird in Canada. You just add Ys until... Caitlin, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle. Yeah, at this point, we might have to just stick Caitlin Kyle in. Like, sorry, John Herdman. It's We might have to use her to like plug the gaping hole in our defense. The other kind of reason I've seen is uh, Courtney Jones also is a forward. I think FC Casey played her as a forward. And so did so did Boston at times when she was a breaker before. She's being uh, converted into a defender, and she's having to learn to be a good central defender on the fly. But, oh, God. This entire league needs defensive help. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm loving games that the scores, you know, are two to three, all that jazz. But, oh, my God. Like, the blowouts are not fun to watch. Yeah. Um, We won't talk about Alyssa Nair's handball, because that was, that was farcical. Anyway, moving on. Spirit versus FC Casey, yeah? Spirit versus FC Casey. Oh, man, love the Spirit. Love I loved that game spirit. for the Spirit. How about that Christy Nairn free kick? That was a thing of beauty. I wish I could see that from more angles. I know. To see just how much curve was on the, it. But... The three cameras and all that jazz, but it would be it would be nice to... I don't know, even just somebody's like camera phone from the beer, <laughs> from the beer garden. Yeah. Like, I would have loved to have seen the curve on that thing. Even though the Spirit went on to lose to the Rain 3-1, this, it, it feels like a different team, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. Right? The, 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 the Spirit that beat FC Casey, I mean, they were dominant. They were controlling things. Um, you know, they actually had an attack, which was weird. The, the Spirit that played Seattle, um, you know, cold and rainy and wet in Seattle, playing on turf after you've just flown cross-country 24 hours before. Yeah. Poor FC Casey. I wasn't expecting a pretty game, but I also wasn't expecting a 3-1 to result. Yeah, I I thought the Spirit were going to be back in it for a while, but that third goal just, it just shut things down. It's just hard for them. Like, it's like probably they're just having flashbacks. Oh, yeah, trying to break free of that that like downtrodden mentality just the yeah the flashback to like okay this is what happens remember what happened last year trying to break free of that we're a new team forget everything that happened last year well and it's hard because it's like i imagine that's yeah tough mental exercise they just gotta grit their teeth and do it they just need colleen hacker to come in and give them a a team psychological evaluation and work on like mental games yeah you know because just looking at stats, FC Casey has 17 shots to the Spirit 7, and the Spirit come out of that 3-1, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, apparently FC Casey also had 9 corners, Spirit 0. 
Okay. I think FC Casey is struggling this year. I am not looking forward to um, if they come out guns blazing on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, it's it's still way too early to tell. A-Rod is their leading goal scorer right now, but that doesn't mean anything when it's only week two. Right. You don't know. Lauren Holday could be like, fuck this, and then just go go on a rampage for the rest of the season and score, I, like, a goal every 80 minutes or some shit like that. I, I, I'm fully aware of this. Like, I feel like that's just right around the corner. She's going to be like, I am not doing this to be middle of the table. I want to be top of the table. Yeah. Which is why all power rankings until now are bullshit. Okay. Okay. Next game, Chicago Red Stars. Next game. New York Flash. Western New York Flash. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, way to go, Julie Johnston. Congratulations, kid. Way to go, Ricky. Yeah. Um, first game of the year. First goal, goal of her pro points. career. Yeah, this was a way more evenly matched up game. And actually, I found it kind of boring up until the Julie Johnston goal. Did you watch this game? Yeah, I watched uh, I watched a little bit of it earlier this week. I mean, I admit there were three games on at one point all at the same time. So I was kind of flipping back and forth between streams. I was only having two up at a time, and poor Chicago got kind of the raw end of that deal. But the parts that I saw, I just was not really invested emotionally. Yeah. Well, I, I don't really find myself all that emotionally invested in either of those teams. Um Yet, I guess. But uh, and did you see the the yeah, uh, Carly Lloyd yellow card? I was just about to bring that up. Carly Lloyd, was it on Vanessa DiBernardo? Yeah. She, like, has a handful of her jersey, tugs her back, and then her royal little arm just comes swinging around into DiBernardo's face. Now, I don't, <laughs> I can't tell if it was a punch or she's just flailing her arm, but one way or another, that's still violent conduct. You shouldn't be flailing your arm into people's faces even if you're royalty and they're peasants, like, you gotta treat people right. Not everybody was wearing a face mask. I mean, clearly they should have been. I know. Everybody everybody who plays Carly Lloyd's gonna wear a freaking hockey mask from here on out. Just full hockey pads. Just, yeah, it'll help with a header protection, too. Yeah, we'll put them in hockey pads and then we'll stack them in front of the goal. Like, people on yeah. people's shoulders and just form a barricade. And that'll... That's the uh, that's the DC road trip uh, game plan right that's there. That's like really parking the bus. You don't even know. <laughs> so I saw a little discussion on Twitter involving our very own well shoot Ange, and she pointed out that uh, violent conduct is a red card offense, like automatically. Mm-hmm. So, and apparently, Carlos got that yellow card for. For violent conduct, although the NWSL website is telling me it's for unsporting behavior. Yeah, we have no idea why why she but got that card. Like, but so, I mean, the the thing the thing that really sucks right now about the NWSL is uh-huh. uh, we don't have a disciplinary committee. Yeah, that I know of to review things and yeah, yeah, yeah. like the... after the fact. But the thing is, if the ref saw it and saw it enough to like be confident that he could give a card, then why wasn't it a red? Right. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I, I, that how was. How many reds did we see last year? Like two. A lot of people got yellow cards right up to the edge, and then just were like so careful not to get that fifth yellow card. Yeah, Tobin and Ali Long were <laughs> two of those. <laughs> oh, Ali Long. God, I, I held my breath for. The last five games of last year i was just like please 
Please. Well, just in summary, not cool, Carly. Like, not cool. Western New York Flash, they really don't seem like the same team they were last season. Where's Abby? Abby is out because she got fucking sledgehammered in the face. She she's ran into a sledgehammer. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, maybe it could be like new player integration. They're just kind of like beginning of the season, not gelling yet. But honestly, I I don't mind because <laughs> the the Flash are not my favorite team in the league. They have a lot of players I like individually, but as a team, I tend to go against the Flash. I think that they are going to pick up steam. Mm-hmm. And so if we can, and we, I mean, everybody else can take as many points from them now, early in the season as possible. Yeah. Before Abby um, gets back. Yeah. Before Abby gets back, before they get like fully healthy and all that stuff, like guys, just hungry, hungry hippo, all those points. <laughs> Too bad they're out this week. They're, they're, uh, this, they're bye week. Yeah. Um, and then the next game, Sky Blue, Portland. Sky Blue, oh, gosh. Dun, dun, dun. I think Portland should have won this one, and they didn't. Uh, there was, like, saran wrap on the goal behind Lloyden, I swear to God, because there were a lot of, a lot of chances that just, it was poor finishing. Yeah, Portland total shots 18, Sky Blue total shots 10, and then... Let's see, Portland shots on goal, four. Four shots yeah. on goal out of 18 total shots. Yeah. I mean, so Paul Riley, Paul Riley has told us um, since preseason that, you know, the team's not going to be 100% right out of the gate. It's going to take a few weeks for this team to gel. Well, we're coming up on week three. Uh they obviously weren't gelling last week. It, it looked a lot better than what we saw week one. Mm-hmm. Um, so progress, that's good. But unfortunately, we only left with one point, And we got that point off of a PK. Um, which a point's a point. But, oh my god. Like, I really, I really just want quality um, on Saturday. Yeah. And I feel like I'm, I am creating unrealistic expectations. But I want it, damn it. Well... At least it's not... So I'm looking at the Sky Blue stats here, and they had three shots on goal. Two from Kelly O'Hara and one from Christy Rampone. Defense. Defense. Both defenders, yeah. Admittedly, Kelly O'Hara is a real attack-minded defender. Yeah, she's really good at PKs, too. Yeah, and... Oh my god. That's rough, dude. <laughs> That's rough. Can, can you imagine how bad she must have felt? She has a chance for a go-ahead goal and then just flubs it. It's like this one time I got up in a spelling bee, and I knew the word. I knew it. And then I just blurted out the letters in the wrong order. I blew it, you know? And you you just you just want to catch them as they're, like, rolling out of your mouth. You're like, no. Yeah, and just, like, shove them back in. Or, like, just go back <laughs> in time in ten seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, I'm... I guess my, my competitiveness... Outweighs uh, your is, sympathy? Is out a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Whew. It, that could have been a game winner, like, at the end of the game. Oh, my God, we gave up PK. Kelly O'Hara is going to take this. Oh, my God, we're going to lose our first game. Oh, my God, she shot it wide, yeah. and the bar went wild, literally. You, you know what? There has to be a winner and a loser in this league eventually. Like, someone's got to win the league, and everyone else can't. So just take the points where you can get them. I mean, to be, f- 
to be fair, Sophie Schmidt had some shots, not shots on goal, and that Christy Rampone goal, Sophie Schmidt pretty much created most of it. That Christy Rampone goal was just. But no, you know what? I, no one's gonna be- no one's gonna begrudge Christy Rampone getting credit for that goal. Like, oh, absolutely not. She Her deserves first goal it. In yeah. Three leagues. Christy Rampone deserves to at least get. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. If you wanted to deny her credit for that goal, you'd basically be like the person who says at the end of Rudy, Rudy doesn't deserve to suit up and play. Yeah, you're you're that one teammate that doesn't put your jersey on the coach's desk. Seattle Rain, Washington Spirit. Uh, we talked a little bit about this. Oh, rain. Yeah. Do you not want to talk about the rain? I'll talk about the rain. No, I mean we we can we can talk about the rain. I mean, I think that scoreline. F- flatters the rain a li- just a little bit because they were definitely the more dominant team that night. The Spirit had like giveaways on giveaways and their defense really didn't help Ashlyn Harris out. But they they had a lot of fight in them until that third goal and even then they they kept going and they had this one piece late in the game, I think around the 80th minute where they were pinging it around at the top of the box and it was some really good tight passing and Diana Matheson was almost through cuz I, I remember screeching like a pterodactyl and waking up everyone in my house because I forgot it was Wednesday night and not a weekend. Something I find interesting for that Seattle game is we had uh, three offsides by the rain um, and only one for the spirit. Uh, so essentially what we're seeing here is a rain that's that's going to be pressuring that line. Um, and honestly, like, that Sid LaRue goal that called that got called back. Uh-huh. I didn't think she was offsides. Um, I don't but think again, she was offsides have, either. We don't have the best technology to review these things. But it was one of those things where I was like, wow, Spirit spirit saved one right there. Yeah. I mean, if you just look um, at the stats for the game, the rain were definitely dominant. 14 shots to 5. Yeah. 6 corners to 2. All right. So after, after last week, I, I think we... We're starting to see how some teams are, are putting their formations together. Um, the players that some teams are relying heavily on. Uh, and and unfortunately, you know, we're we're also seeing some wear and tear on the teams, uh, additional injuries and and oh, what God. have you. Um, Get better soon, we, Tiffany Weimer. Jesus Christ, another one. It's horrible. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, yeah, it's a big week. Six games. Six games. Yeah, we've got Chicago's playing twice, FC Casey's playing twice, Sky Blue's playing, playing twice, and so are the Rain. Yep. Oh, yeah. 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 It's it's gonna it's gonna be a big week. Um, well, at least in one night, there's no three games on at the same time. Right. We can all do the dual screens. Yeah. Like on Sunday night at seven p.m. Yeah. Eastern, four p.m. Uh, West Coast. Um, so do you want to do our power rankings based on two weeks of NWSL play? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so we're doing our power rankings based on uh, two weeks of NWSL play, but also on we, hair we power. Have a, we have another uh, dimension to this. Yeah. Power rankings by which team collectively has the best hair. We think we think this makes the most sense, um, yep. scientifically proven uh, to to help with uh, soccer players to be styled, um, to have a little flair, 
uh, it really it really amplifies the game. And, no, no, no. And... To be fair, it's it hasn't been we haven't scientifically shown causation, but there is a super strong correlation between having a fly as fuck hairstyle and winning. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna give this our first scientific go around. Yeah. Uh, Thrace, you want you want to tell us your rankings? Yeah. So coming in at number nine on on my power rankings, I think is gonna have to be FCKC because they they got a lot of ponytails, but you know it's, it's not really anything eye catching. They don't have anybody who's really pushing forward in the hair department. You know what I'm saying? They don't have like a they don't have like a Karina LeBlanc to really to really push the boundaries of hair. So FCKC at nine, and then I think I'm gonna put the Flash at number eight. Because once again, a lot of ponytails. Abby Wambach tries, but sometimes you know her hair gets kind of shaggy and her head looks a little bit like a mushroom. Uh, at number seven, <clears throat> the Houston Dash. At number six, Washington Spirit. And this is mostly due to Diana Matheson's fierce side pony, given to her by her own teammates. <laughs> At number five, number five comes uh, Sky Blue FC, lifted mostly by the efforts of Sophie Schmidt. At number four, we're going to put Portland Thorns. Actually, I, I would kind of I might number the, four. I might scoot the thorns below Sky Blue FC. Actually, I might switch that. Thorns at five, Sky Blue at four, and then number three, I'll say Boston Breakers. We got a lot of nice hair. We got some good alternative lifestyle haircuts. You know, we got Joanna Loman and Leanne Sanderson leading the charge. Like, Leon Sanderson is really, from game to game, I'm never really sure what's going to happen. Number two, Chicago Red Stars. Once again, based on the strength of just a couple key players, like Karina LeBlanc. And then, number number one, I have to say, is Seattle Reign, because they have a lot of good hair game going around. You know, a Sid LaRue, Megan Rapino, uh, Jess Fishlock. You know, sometimes Home Solo whips out a good hairstyle, too. So, like, there's good hair game all around. It's not just a couple people carrying the team. So now that you've heard my hair rankings, what are your power hair rankings? Hair power rankings? Hair my power. hair power rankings actually are going to flip your hair power rankings on its end. Okay, sure. That's why there's um, two of us. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually putting the rain at the bottom of my list. Yep. Uh, Megan Rapino, uh, your hair has had its day. Oh. Time for something new. Megan Rapino's hair is over. Like You're saying Megan Rapino's hair she, is over. She looks just like Jess Fishlock. Okay. Like, how are you supposed to tell a difference okay, between those two? Okay, sure. And then you've got Cindy LaRue, who turns her hair freaking purple in Mexico. I don't, to be fair, I don't think that was Cindy LaRue who did it. I think her mom did it to her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then I'm gonna go with Houston. Um, uh, not a lot of flash going on down there. Um, a lot of a lot of a lot of just soccer girls ponytails. Um, at least we don't have any scrunchies. Um, but you know, I don't think there's scrunchies uh, so, on so any team, them. dude. I know that you think scrunchies are still cool because you were born in 1943. Scrunchies were not cool in 1943. 
Yeah, but you were born in 1943, so therefore yeah, you think... Yeah, weren't even cool in 1950 or 60. They were cool in, like, the 80s and 90s. Yeah, the 80s and 90s when you would have been, you know, in your 30s and 40s. <laughs> You're good at math. Or your 40s and um... 50s. Whoops. <laughs> Uh, so I've got Seattle and Houston. Then I'm actually going to go with sky blue. Um, I know Sophie's got that, that side cut thing going on, but, uh, uh, everything else is just a little, I don't know. Um, nothing, nothing's, nothing's flashy. Nothing's uh, jumping out at me. Kelly O'Hara um, has some nice hair though. Kelly O'Hara is very nice. Kelly O'Hara has very nice hair though. She does. She does. But you know who has better hair? Tell me. Lauren Chaney. Yeah. Erica yeah. Timrick. It's all, it's all about those curls, man. Sarah Hagen. I know she's not on the team yet, but she's got a lot of hair. Girl with the curl. Could you imagine if they did, like, an 80s night, <laughs> and they just, like, puffed it up and blew all that hair out? I mean, that that is power hair. Dar- darling, the higher your hair, the closer you are to God. Power hair. <laughs> power hair. That's what we're after here. Um, so then we've, we're up to, to number five. Uh-huh. Uh, that's actually where I'm going to put the, the Portland Thorns. Um, you know, we, we fell a little bit uh, uh, because we lost uh, some, some amazing hair uh, on the team. But, you know, we've got, we've got Anger. She usually hides her hair underneath a hat. Um, we've got uh, uh, Farrelly. Farley, Farley, God, we still haven't figured out how to say her name. Um, she had some cool hair last year. Yeah. We'll see, wait, see if she she brings that back. Um, and then we've got Kerr. Uh, she's got a pretty pretty good uh, little pixie cut thing going on. Yeah. And you know who <clears> has <throat> kind of naturally wavy curly hair is Sink. Sink does. Yeah. Sink she does. straightens I, the I hell like out of it though. I like the darker color on Sink. I like the darker color on Sink. And whoever's telling her to straighten her hair, or if she just likes it straight, someone needs to tell her to stop. I mean, she let let her do her. You know, if it makes her happy, then fine. But, dude, did you see pictures of her from the the Canada, the Canada the Walk of Fame ceremony? ceremony? Yeah, and she had her hair oh all nice God. and curled, and it was like, wow! I didn't know you that's had some, it in you. That's some diva hair. It was like exactly. my reaction was like in in every teen movie where the the heroine gets a makeover and then she comes down the stairs and people like react because it's like yeah like she's all that when she comes down it's like she took off her glasses she's wearing a dress she got a haircut wow suddenly she conforms to our you know societally <laughs> shaped beauty. ideals of beauty when she was perfectly beautiful before but whatever exactly. it's a teen movie exactly that's why that's why they're at my number five okay. because I don't need them to conform uh-huh. They just are who they are, but yeah. there's some better hair out there. Um, I think that they can certainly. There's room to grow. Um, there's room to to add some some flair to the hair. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll just see. We'll see how the season develops. Right. So so Portland Portland was my number five ranking. Uh-huh. Uh, my number four ranking um, kind of to hark harken back to uh, a convers a drunk conversation we had a few weeks ago about best hair. Uh huh. Um, Gotta go with the Washington Spirit. Oh, Allie Krieger uh, helps carry this, but I have to say, Lori Lindsay really stepped up her game this year with the side shave, the side cut. No, oh. yeah. You know, so you... I don't really understand why she still wears the headband. Uh huh. 
to but be cool, I dude. To be cool. She's got a full-on shave on the on the right side of her head. Um, really digging that. Uh, yeah, and then they like all went out to a concert or something and did a bunch of like glamour shots and uh, rock star hair. They've I, got rock star. I hair. was focusing on the outfits, and I'm. <laughs> I, I was not born in 1943, but I am like an old fuddy-duddy, even though I think I have a decent appreciation of fashion. I was just like, kids these days. Kids these days. Moving yeah, on. Kids these days going to like a Miley Cyrus show. Moving on. Uh, my number two uh, team this week is going to be the the Boston Breakers. Leanne uh, carries this just. Joe also does a, a really good job with this as well. Um, they're the dynamic hair duo. Um, I think I think they're gonna they're gonna bring good things for Boston this week. Sometimes Jasmine Avant has a pretty good hair game. Like if you see her with she, her hair she down, does. she does. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It, I think it depends a lot on weather. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and all that. Her her hair game kind of picks up as as the season as the weather turns a little bit nicer. Yeah. Um, my uh, my number one hair power ranking team this week uh, is going to be the Chicago Red Stars, um, simply because of KK. That's the power of Karina LeBlanc's hair. Like, she got a star shaved into the side of her head. Um, kind of cut me a little deep because it was a rose last year at this yeah, time. I know. But still, still awesome. Um, still... Uh, uh, taking charge, um, huge hair power. Um, and then uh, a lot of you may notice we, I, I actually only have eight teams on my, on my power rankings um, because I, I have to give an honorable mention. Um, unfortunately, they didn't make the power rankings this week, uh, the hair power rankings, but that's going to be the, the flash. Um, Abby's not playing, uh, not a lot of hair. Uh, uh, power, hair support. So yeah, that's my that's my week three hair power rankings. Yeah, I appreciate your your appreciation for KK. You know what her hair reminds me of? Her hair oh. reminds me of Captain Marvel, which you don't know about because you're not cool. But <laughs> yeah, the like sleek on the sides and then like the crest on the top she definitely reminds me of Captain Marvel. Which I appreciate. If you like comics, try the new Captain Marvel series by Kelly Sue DeConnick. Anyway, this week, because Gab told me she was going to be unavailable, and then uh, we found out that was a big fat lie, uh, I made... I'm a big liar. <laughs> what can I say? I made plans to record with a friend of ours, professional reporter, Meg Linehan, a.k.a. Meg Linen, a.k.a. Sweater Glasses. I'd really appreciate it if everyone started calling your sweater glasses, by the way. So we, we got together and talked a little bit this weekend about, you know, NWSL and the state of women's soccer. We have a special guest commentator on this episode of Two Drunk Fans because Gabby told me she couldn't record this week and lied. Obviously, you <laughs> <we> did. <laughs> but here we have our very own Meg Linehan, a.k.a. Sweater Glasses. Meg, what are you drinking? I'm actually drinking a Widmer Brothers Hefeweizen, uh, because fortunately we have them out here in Metro West Massachusetts, and I can get them on the regular, but don't worry, because there's not much left in this one, but coming up next, PBR, just for you, in your honor. That's not honor, that's... 
that's betrayal. <laughs> I, I made sure that I put one in the fridge when I got home tonight. Great, good. Wow. I'm so glad that we know each other. I am drinking a Harpoon Summer. It's a leftover nice. from the Armada's last tailgate. Nice. So, uh, Gab and I are trying this new thing. Um, we're doing power rankings now because everybody loves power rankings in week two. They've done over really well so far this year. I think everybody I, agrees I, that they're very scientific and accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Meg... Yep. I'd like you to give me your power rankings of all nine NWSL teams, uh, but I would like your primary criterion to be hair. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, you know, just walk us through it, nine through one. Nine through one? Yeah. Oh, so we're going worse. I Well, I would say FC Kansas City has to be last. I think everybody is pretty straightforward down okay. in, in Kansas City. Okay. Then... Probably DC, eight. I'm sure I'm going to already anger someone just by putting DC at the bottom <laughs> of any power ranking, period. <laughs> so we'll keep them at eight. Okay. Western New York, seven. Abby at least got a haircut. So Portland, Boston, Sky Blue, I would say they're all in the middle there. Really, I think the only important two are Seattle and Chicago. Well, who do you think yeah. is lifting Portland Portland out of the bottom ranks, though? Who is... I don't even know. They're all sort of... There's not really, like... There's only a couple really great players. Like, Boston should be pretty high just because of Joe and Leanne yeah. now at this point. So Boston should be in that top three ranking. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is really not... Super interesting, in my opinion. All right. I can't really think of any. I mean, you know, there are some alternative haircuts, whatever. Okay. So so differentiate yeah. your top two for us, then. I just think KK really takes it to the next level. Pino's got, like, the Pino look. Uh-huh. But KK really goes for it. So I appreciate that. That's some effort. Yeah. Did you see her little thing with the Chicago Red Stars where she went and got a haircut? Mm-hmm. And Lori Chalupney was just confused for about 15 minutes? <laughs> I mean, they've had some they've had some fun fun people for Lori Klopney to be confused by. I think that the uh, apartment situation last year in Chicago must have been I can't even imagine oh, yeah. just a group of people interacting every minute of every day. That had to have been something. Okay, so you're saying Chicago number one. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. And then I would say, you know, Seattle too. Mm-hmm. You know, I do enjoy Carm's hair quite a bit. Yeah. As a curly, curly-haired person who can't grow it down, I admire. <laughs> yes, I have seen pictures of your hair from your youth, and it's just... It's a fro. It's a fro. It's like... a little sideshow bob-like. Yeah, the hair, the hair makes a 90-degree angle with your head wherever it grows yeah. out, but it never yeah. goes pat down below your eyebrows or your no. temples, no. even. Okay, well, I think that's pretty good. That's a fair list. Um, moving on, there's something exciting going on in your life right now, right? I'm assuming you're talking about Brighton Select. That's that's where we're taking this conversation. Yeah, probably. Brightandselect.com. Brightandselect.com. At Brightandselect on Twitter as well. So this is a website that really is the brainchild of 
Jenna Pell and Lauren Barker, who are two both very smart and uh, very witty people that I enjoy talking to on the regular. Lauren Barker was actually my roommate for the uh, NWSL championship up in Rochester last year and got dragged along on some adventures with me. And uh, I took a bit of a retirement between, you know, a little bit after the draft and after uh, the Frisco game to uh, take some time off and uh, the whole... And really um, find yourself, like, come to terms with who is Megan Lennon. I I slept a lot. Like, I actually (laughs) got to sleep. And I, um, you know, Tom Sermani got fired and I, I found myself sort of falling right back into it and... Um, I had been talking with Jenna off and on, just trying to encourage them to get the site up and running because Jenna had retired, but had made it far more efficiently than I had for quite some time. So I was really looking forward to her getting back into the swing of things. So I knew that the site was in the works and a thing that was going to happen. And fortunately they were willing to take me on and let me write things for them. So I definitely appreciate the opportunity. And it's not quite as uh, gung-ho as the stuff that I was doing before. So I, I will still be able to sleep a bit and still get to go to games and all that kind of stuff. So it's nice. Um, Bright and select, why don't you explain where that comes from? Because I thought it was pretty charming. Yeah, that's Jenna and, and Lauren found that thing from I don't even know what team it is. Like, I need to go look it up because I can never remember what it, it actually a, is from. Was it a flyer for uh, Dick Care Ladies? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. And it's it's basically, um, <laughs> I do enjoy on the website, it says, and since we're really good at coming up with ambiguous names for websites, here's a visual explanation. And it's really, um, it's this neat thing from back in the day where it says always bright and select so i do like it as a website name yeah quite uh, a bit pretty big piece of soccer history if you haven't heard of them the dick care ladies um dick comma care ladies k-e-r-r look them up it's an interesting story and it kind of helps leads into an explanation of why women's soccer is so behind in development from uh men's soccer I think it's pretty much required reading for anyone who wants to look deeper into the history of women's soccer. Yeah, I think it's a a neat, a neat story. And, you know, if you go to the website, um, (laughs) there's a large, long sequence of text messages between Jenna and Lauren with some terrible, terrible puns. But if you scroll past that, you will get to the image that explains the website. Don't scroll past the puns, though, because they posted no, read them. 12, 12 pages of texts um, that were nothing but sheep puns about an Olympic match between New Zealand and Great Britain. They're really, it's some quality stuff. That's, I, I'm, I'm going to be working with some quality I think it sets. There. I think it really sets the tone for Brighton yeah. Select. Okay, so, and you were kind of the inaugural article for Brighton Select, yes? I was, uh, simply because I ended up getting really fired up by the New York Times. Uh, I don't know if you and Gab discussed it on the part where you already talked to each other, but uh, they had this article by a woman who has really written a whole bunch of stuff, actually, about sports and things like that, and the article itself really isn't bad 
it's not great, but it's not bad either. But they made the unfortunate mistake, whoever her editor was, of giving her a really bad title. And that went over fantastically. And Danny Foxhoven, I think, was really the first person to find it and react to it. But Desperate League looks to connect and survive whatever the original title itself was. But, you know, Friday was really a day of reaction and reflection, I think, for everyone in the league from fans to players to, you know, I talked to Cheryl Bailey on the phone that day. And, uh, unfortunately my phone ate my 15 minute phone call with her, but, you know, I think everybody was just kind of like, okay, so we've just had this thing posted in the New York times and it's really not super reflective of what's happening, but I was able to talk to her and, uh, Becky Sauerbrunn and Keelan Winters and, I actually talked to Joanna Loman a little bit, sort of just on Twitter and things like that. But at the end of the day, I think what I posted and all those conversations I had were really like, I can be as harsh a critic on this league as anyone. And I feel for the first time, like, okay, I think there's actually sort of a plan here and that things are moving in the right direction, which is a nice feeling to have, I think, going into year two. I mean, you called it NWSL 2.0, which I think is apt. I mean, we're definitely not there yet, but it's. I, I think it's a, a pretty good way to describe what we need to be aiming for, framing it in the same way as people have with MLS 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. Yeah, I think it's really the big challenge is how do we move beyond the family thing? And, you know, when I was talking with Keelan, I was like, the 10-year-old girls are going to show up no matter what anyone does the the youth teams are all still going to come the the kids are going to come the families are going to come and how do we make it entertaining for adults who want a saturday night out i mean i and i said in the article beer isn't the only answer but it's a big part and i think we've already seen like i remember walking through the stands a little bit at the breakers game last weekend and seeing like groups of young adults drinking beers and hanging out and watching the game. And that's where the league actually needs to start heading is figuring out how to keep those people in the stands. I think the on-field product is not the issue here. It's how do you market to adult fans who might already be soccer fans, who might already be MLS fans, who might be WNBA fans. I think that there's markets out there that they haven't even considered let alone started to market to so do you think that the league could look into this and kind of issue sort of a a template they can use city by city or do you think it has to be really individual by city i think that the teams talk to each other in you know their own fashion portland as much as portland is its own thing i think can not necessarily be used as a template, but say, okay, here's sort of the gold standard of what can happen. And Houston might sort of also be in that ballpark, although Houston has its own sort of issues with the the uh, Dynamo girls and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the two MLS teams are in their own universe, whereas you've got like a Sky Blue, Boston, Chicago that are in crowded sports markets that are going to struggle, I think, to bring in adult fans when there are so many other things. Like that first Breakers game, Easter Sunday, Red Sox game, Bruins playoff game, just so many things happening 
that Portland is its own animal and its own beast, and it's never going to be duplicated in any other city. But I think that you can take lessons from Portland and apply them in Boston. So I don't think you're going to win anything with a template for city by city, but I think that the the teams in cities that have a lot of complicated overlap in their markets, those are the cities that need to talk to each other more, and I'm not quite sure that that's happening right now. Well, the cities that you mentioned, Chicago, Sky Blue, Boston, they're the ones who have some history built up through mm -hmm. WPS, so... You would think that by now they would have figured it out. Yeah, you think they figured out or at least realized, hey, we have a lot more in common than we have different. Mm -hmm. We really need to be banding together, pooling resources, at least knowledge. Right. Like, you know. And I think the, the teams that are starting to move, like Seattle moved out of the suburbs into the city. And, you know, part of this conversation is, I think a lot of the media end of it, we wanted to have this conversation later into the year when we had some attendance data and we could figure out, okay, did Seattle moving from where they were last year into the city, like right downtown, is that helping them? So, and you know, the breakers have moved stadiums and, you know, Chicago is doing that the, the first game with the fire. So all of their attendance data is going to be skewed, but that's sort of an interesting experiment for them moving into the city for that one game. Does it, is, is it actually going to pay off in the long run? Or are they going to make some fans out of that? So yes, I do think markets, you know, Western New York, Portland, Houston does have shared markets, but it also has the MLS backing. So that sort of second tier of teams where you've got the Chicago sky blue, Boston, that sort of level, even DC to some extent, those are the teams that should be talking and should be saying, okay, you know, DC had that whole program with the reward system for built for bringing in people into the games. Right. Mm -hmm. And like promoting the team that hasn't been duplicated anywhere else. Why not? If that's working for them, is it working for them? Like, there's just not a lot of shared data on a public level. So a lot of this is still complete speculation, I think. Well, what so. I want to know is, does Andy Roussel have data, period? Because I would love to see demographic data. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that well, When you bought your Boston season tickets, what information, did they collect any sort of demo? None, none demo information. So I don't okay. think, Boston at least, I don't think there's there's any like, deep demographic data that'll help them pinpoint what kinds of groups and where in the city they need to market. Right. Yeah, I, th I think it's tough just because, and this was a point that, that Keelan had made where, you know, most of the people who are going to these things aren't necessarily going, they're, they're thinking of it as sporting events, but most of these people are going to male sporting events. So you're going to also have to convince them that a woman's sporting event is also going to be exciting, entertaining, worth the money that they're paying to go, and also is going to have the stuff that you expect at sporting events. So it might be beer, it might be free parking or cheap parking, might be like a real stadium. So accessibility is also a factor. So I think for some of these markets, like DC is out in the suburbs as well. Chicago is sort of out of town. Sky Blue is definitely not in New York City by any stretch of the imagination. So for the amount of time that people might have to travel when they could hop on public transportation and go to like a Chicago 
Cubs or White Sox game. Like that's the thing. So it's going to be cheaper for them. The product on the field is definitely worth generally, you know, I don't know if tonight's Chicago Washington game was any great shakes, but generally you're going to have to convince them that yes, going to this game is going to be worth the time and effort and you're going to get something out of it as well when you're doing, when you're trying to get adult fans. Um, let me, let me pop open my, get that away from the screen. That's, I don't, that blue ribbon is a lie. Who, no. It tastes like freedom. It, Pabst. It reminds me of hockey. It tastes like a pap smear. That's rude. Pap smear, no ribbon. I. That's a very graphic image. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine that coating your tongue. Mm. So ultimate question then, after all this talk about markets and um, NWSL, like, do you see NWSL making it to a fifth season? Ultimately, yes. I don't know. I would sincerely, sincerely doubt that we end up with the nine teams that we currently have in the NWSL. Like, I think Houston Dash is going to be fine. They're doing great. Do I think Sky Blue is still going to be Sky Blue FC by year five? Unless things drastically change somehow. I don't see that happening. Um, I'm worried about Boston. I'm worried about Chicago. I'm even worried about Western New York in its own way because how do you have these teams compete with the money, resources, and just the existence of MLS-backed teams? So anyone that's not I guess in an MLS market is kind of up for grabs. I mean, I still don't understand what happened between Sky Blue FC and and the Red Bulls and why that fell apart. And I can understand the appeal of wanting to keep it your own product and your own brand, but Sky Blue FC is still in a bad way, I think, um, in terms of just where it is and how it looks as a as a front office and as a team so i don't know if we will have the exact same teams when we hit year five but i do think that you know even if mexico and canada end up not thinking that this is worth the investment in terms of just the u.s federation backing alone i think would be enough and having more mls involvement and you know i think that the teams, the fans, the front offices, the people in Chicago need to start thinking about how to bring in real adult fans that are in control of their own wallets, are going to buy season tickets, are going to buy beers at the game, are going to buy jerseys, are going to come to events and support the teams no matter who the players are on the field, which is already happening in Portland. I know that Portland gets a you know, unfair, unfortunate reputation that they're only there for Alex Morgan, but every single Portland Thorns fan I've ever talked to is just a complete diehard fan of that team. And that's what, that's the goal. You want eight more Portlands in your other market. So if they're the gold standard, I think by year five, you could have at least four or five more markets that are starting to get to a place where, they are really robust, thriving teams. Yeah. But 
I do think that MLS is going to be key, whether we like it or not. And even if it's just, you know, and, and that's what I've been super impressed by. Like I went to an event a couple weeks ago that Andrew Farrell and, and Kellen Rowe were at and the way that the two MLS players could hold a conversation about the NWSL, like even that level of support and seeing them at games and things like of that nature, that's key in its own way. So. That's true. Cause it, it brings publicity and legitimacy, I think to the <laughs> league among the type of fans you want buying into NWSL. Right. We could talk about NWSL officiating. Do you want to and talk about NWSL? I have plenty to say about NWSL officiating. I'm sure you do, since I had to uh, stop you from going to yell at a ref in the parking lot the other night. I, it's sort of mind-boggling at what is happening in terms of officiating. I just don't... The number of red cards that should have already been issued so far this year is so incredible. I don't know if there's been one game that has been fully in control from an officiating standpoint. Yeah, um, tonight, record night, Chicago Red Stars, Washington Spirit already happened, and the ref had, like, negative control of that game. So. Right. And I mean, you talk about the fouls that the Megan Rapino one is still sitting with me in a very strange fashion, and I know that you know, she has a temper, and I appreciate that when she is on the national team, but <laughs> just but Megan take Rapinoe's... someone's legs out from under them. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, there's been a couple things. I had someone actually ask me on, on Twitter, like, why aren't you talking about this Carly Lloyd foul? And I was like, mostly because I haven't watched the game. But, you know, that's, oh, there's yeah. just a lot that has happened that clearly should have got some players sent off. And I don't think the the officiating was any great shakes last year either. So I was really hoping to see some level of improvement for 2014, and it has actually gotten worse. So that was Meg Lennon, professional reporter, talking to us about NWSL. Meg, is there any anything else that you want to close out with? No. So, <laughs> everybody, uh, stay safe, drink responsibly, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, thanks, mom. So we're trying we're trying some new things that are consistent and and uh, kind of fun that we can we can track uh, throughout the season. And one of them is a is a player of the week, a two drunk fans player of the week, uh-huh. somebody that caught our eye this week. Okay. I have two candidates for you. One of them okay. you're probably not going to like. Oh, I might have three candidates for you, but the two candidates off the top of my mind are one, Diana Matheson. She's got three goals this week, right? One of them off sure. of a, a cool as ice penalty kick. Um, you can argue about the dubiousness of awarding the PK, but you can't argue that she took the PK really well. Yeah? Yeah. And then my other nominee might be Kim Little. Can you are you can you deal with that? Like, I can deal with you nominating her. Of course I can. Yeah, but you're not gonna I ever. I'm a reasonable person. Uh huh. Who are who are your nominees for Player of the Week then? Um, I think. God, that one, that one spirit goal. Naren from Naren. Yeah. It. That... I feel like I, I I feel like that goal in and of itself is what sticks with me about uh-huh. this week. 
Um, so she's the only person that I would add to your list, but I would completely agree with with Matheson, um, mainly because of what I saw. It is a fucking riot to watch. Yeah, she hounds people. She always plays with intensity. I'm really enjoying it. Diana Matheson plays the full ninety. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she's out she's there. In- she's out there to work hard. And to, like, set up her teammates and take her own shots on goal and not back down. But the thing is, she's she's not an overly rough player. Maybe some people might disagree with me. Well, I mean, there was last season when she and Morgan went at it. <laughs> I don't, that, that, that was, like, giving as good as she got. Whatever. It was amazing. I loved like, it. I, she's, she's... Alex, I, Alex I, Morgan I, was a little brat in last season. Let's be real, though. Alex Morgan started having some little flare-ups here and there, and Christine Sinclair needed to take her side and be like, dude, you're, like, way too much of a pro for this. You need to stop. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Um, I vote Matheson. I vote Matheson, too. I'm fine with who that. Your, who is your third? I'm, I'm intrigued. Teresa Noyola. Oh. Which really fucking hurts, because she scored a brace against the Boston Breakers. Yeah. But she was quality, yeah. you know? But, I mean, she was, like, voted the league player of the week. I, yeah. I, I feel like that's kind of cheating. Yeah, so so Diana Matheson, I think, is Two Drunk Fans Player of the Week. First ever. Congratulations, you tiny assassin. You wee little First Canadian captain. Ever. Yeah, so that's our that's our uh, weekend review um, for week two, our, our preview for week three, our power rankings, and our player of the week. week. Yeah. Um, I dig it. So, episode eight. Um, we're just going to keep this thing going. Uh, really having a lot of fun doing it. Um, hope you're enjoying listening to it. <clears throat> Feel free to leave comments um, at uh, thrace underscore at Tumblr. Or no, 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 no. Leave com. comments directly on the podcast. <laughs> Make comments directly on the podcast. But anything personal you want to ask Thrace... Just ask it to her Tumblr. She's totally cool with that. You can ask me all the personal questions you want. I'll tell you. She'll she'll answer everything. I'll tell you fuck all. She'll answer everything that you you. Yeah, I'll answer everything. Um, I'll answer everything with a fucking fist. Anyway. (laughs) She's not hostile at all. Uh, Hope you guys get out. um, Get a chance to watch some live WOSO this weekend. Um, Go Thorns. uh, Home opener this weekend. And it's going to be a fucking riot. And, uh, yeah. Bye. Bye.